In God We Trust. It's our national motto, reminding us of where our hope lies, as a nation and as individuals. Since 1977, your American Family Association has been a voice to proclaim that hope to America. Coming up next, American Family Radio presents a State of the Union Address, featuring a conversation with well-known Christian leader, Dr. James Dobson. Here's your host, Mark Ose. Dr. James Dobson is founder and president of Family Talk. For over 40 years, Dr. Dobson has been a leading voice in the culture, helping strengthen families and marriages with psychologically sound, biblically-based advice. He's the author of more than 30 books dedicated to the preservation of the family, and his daily program, Family Talk, is heard every weekday right here on American Family Radio. Dr. Dobson, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, I think we should tell people that you used to work for me when we were both at Focus on the Family, and uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, Yeah, I worked for you for a dozen years, and you were an exemplary employer. It was a real pleasure to be there, i got to say. Oh, I was something special, man. I was really <laughs> magnificent. <laughs> well, the, uh, I know, you know I'm kidding. The way your employees are treated is remarkable, and my family attributes that to your leadership. So, again, thank you for that time that I was there. Well, we're now trying to pass that on to another ministry called Family Talk, and uh, we're having uh, a really warm and uh, successful run there, and I'm again thankful to the Lord for blessing us. We're thankful, too. I know our listeners love to hear you daily at 6.30 a.m. Central Time and 9.30 p.m. Central Time every weekday. So, Doctor, from your perspective as founder of two major family ministries, can you tell me about the condition of the American family these days? Well, uh, Mark, it's not a pretty picture. I left USC School of Medicine where I was a professor back in 1977, and the reason I did is because of the deterioration of the institution of the family. I saw it then, and I don't want to sound like some kind of seer or something, but it was obvious where it was going. It was starting to splinter in dramatic ways. So I've been watching this disturbing decline of marriage and parenthood, uh, as you said, for more than 41 years now. And um, the family's in far worse shape now than it was then or than it's ever been before. The Supreme Court has redefined marriage, which has undermined the entire institution, and uh, children are being subjected to immorality and harmful ideas uh, really on every turn. And there's almost no aspect of family life that is healthier now than it was when I started Focus on the Family in 1977, uh, or that it has been in any point along the way. And this has major implications for the future of our nation. You uh, wrote a long time ago about fatherlessness, uh, which is one of the biggest issues uh, that I think is hampering society. Would you agree? Oh, it certainly is. I mean, just look at the statistics. They're breathtaking. Uh, More than 40% of all babies born are born without fathers are born out of wedlock. And uh, and when you look at the African-American family and what's happened to it, uh, it's more than 70, 70% of babies born don't have a a dad on the scene to lead and guide them and protect them and uh, earn money for them and uh, 
uh, teach them, teach the boys what it means to be a man and teach the girls that they have worth and value. Uh, it is the saddest phenomenon in the culture because it affects a whole generation of young people coming along. And I, I just grieve over it. And it seems even when fathers are present in the home, uh, quite often they are uh, not acting as the head of the household, uh, spiritual head of the household. Well, and you add to that the divorce rate. So how many of those that do have a father, when they come into this world, they may not be there for very long. Uh, it's it's really a sad thing. And uh, honestly, uh, the the implications for the nation are grave. And I just referred to that. Let me explain what I mean. Uh, that the family is the ground floor, it's the foundation. Everything of stability and value in the culture sits on or involves that institution of the family. Mm -hmm. And if you weaken it or if you undermine it, uh, the whole thing can come crashing down. And in uh, the trends that we're seeing now and where it's going, I think that's a real possibility. And uh, we really need to be praying for our nation. One other thing I'm noticing is that disciplining our children is becoming a, a lot less popular and sometimes even illegal. It, you know, I was in the supermarket uh, three days ago, and uh, it was 8 o'clock at night, and there was a young mother there with a, about a three-year-old son, and he threw a classic tantrum. I mean, everybody in the whole store heard him. I was standing about 10 feet away. He turned red in the face, and he would, if he could have done harm to his mother, he would have done it. I don't even know what she did to set that off. But I can tell you that she had no idea what to do about it. And uh, and parents are intimidated because there are cameras everywhere. Yeah. You know, and if you do try to discipline a child, uh, somebody's going to be watching that, and the social service agencies and others could come get the child. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're doing a great disservice to young children uh, by not teaching them that they have to obey and they have to do what their parents say because they don't believe it. <laughs> and they don't have to believe it these days because of the laws that have been written. And, uh, of that's course, the right. Bible tells us spare the rod and spoil the child, and that's exactly what we're doing as a society. If you want to see how the Lord feels about discipline, look at the 12th chapter of Hebrews, and it's all spelled out there. It's, it's very, very clear what parents should be doing with regard to their children. And problems in the family lead to problems in society, and we're seeing that now, as you've said. Uh, what stands out most uh, to you among our current societal issues? Well, uh, there are so many uh, things that you can mention in answer to that question <laughs> yes, sir. that it's just almost hard to get a handle on it. Uh, the drug problem is worse than it's ever been. The opiate uh, epidemic is resulting in so many uh, people dying. Many of them are young. And, uh, and there's just uh, no stopping it. And now 
uh, state after state is deciding that marijuana is not a problem. And we all know that marijuana weakens the resolve and the yes. discipline of an individual and, and schoolwork and things of that nature. Uh, we just, we're, and that's just, just marijuana, but there's um, this notion that cohabitation makes sense, which it absolutely does not. And uh, uh, other forms of premarital sex and the other things that kids uh, have, uh, or at least the standards that I was raised with, have totally been forgotten. And what is so in, uh, discouraging, uh, Mark, is that the um, generation, our generation, certainly mine, but yours too, uh, is just passing through. You know, we're not here for very long. Right. And uh, and that generation that's raised without uh, the moral foundation that was so prevalent when I was young uh, is going to be in charge. And uh, I, I shudder to think what their children will be experiencing, unless there is a spiritual renewal and a spiritual revival. Amen. Well, that leads right into my next question. What would you say is the current spiritual condition of America? We talked about worldly issues, but spiritually we're hurting too. Well, that's the foundation of it, isn't it? Yes. Most of the the things that we're concerned about, the other discouraging trends, is that uh, uh, America has is forgetting God, and you start doing that, man. There's it's a downhill plunge. Uh, I I interviewed George Barna about three days ago. I don't know if you know who he is. Yes, I do. A, the he's a social researcher, and he more than anybody else uh, analyzes where Christians are and what they're thinking and. Uh, it, it, the, the, what he said was alarming to me. Uh, only 10% or less, it may be closer to 5, um, of the millennials share a Christian worldview. Hmm. That means that they don't believe the Bible to be literally true. And in fact, uh, none, uh, almost none of them believe in absolute truth. You know, if nothing is invariably right or wrong, there, there's no basis, no standard for believing anything, not the existence of God or His Son, Jesus, or the Bible. Nothing is reliably true. And that is characteristic of 90% of millennials. Oh and no wonder the younger generation is often jaded and depressed. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're here for. All the ontological questions that we all have to answer, uh, including who am I and how did I get here, and is anybody paying attention, and is there anything I I really ought to believe, and I'm more, am I more than just a, a chemical uh, uh, response that produced human beings? Is there life after death? Am I accountable for the way I believe and what I do? And uh, it, it, is heaven a reality? They can't answer any of those questions. They don't know. 
And uh, we, I wrote a book called uh, Life on the Edge. It's written for those between 16 and 26 years of age. And, and we did uh, focus studies. We, we brought people together, young people together, uh, to find out what they believe and what they need. And uh, would you believe the vast majority of them said their biggest problem is they don't have meaning in life? Mm. Well, why would they? If there's no God, if there's nothing that you can count on, there's no right and wrong. Uh, We've just done a great disservice to this generation of young people. You are so right. You know, for years, in God we trust was the motto of our country. In fact, it's still printed on the backs of police cars and on dollar bills, all of our currency. Uh, But now, not only don't we trust in God, we're trying to push him out of our society and and that's certainly having an adverse effect, many adverse effects. To even mention his name or the name of Jesus Christ is to create a storm of protest among some people. They, they just get livid when you dare to act like you believe in uh, an eternal God who sets the standards, who uh, establishes right and wrong. And uh, unfortunately, that's the root cause of a lot of our troubles. Yes, sir. The Lord told us in the Bible that uh, all men would hate us because of him. And persecution uh, certainly seems to be coming. I haven't seen it uh, as bad as it is in some other parts of the world, but I wouldn't be surprised if it gets that way. Well, it it is coming, and... We really need to be on our knees uh, for our nation and for uh, the many things that are concerning us today. And uh, I think there is hope. The, the, the hope is in the uh, uh, possibility of a nationwide uh, revival that will sweep across the country. Uh, it's happened before, twice. With the Great Awakening, have been two of those when the nation nation became so uh, saturated with sin and immorality that they got sick of themselves, and the Lord swept over them, and a whole new uh, understanding of our faith and what we were expected to do uh, came about. Uh, if you do, you have time for me to give a biblical illustration Please. of that? Please, I certainly do. I'd love to hear something like that. It's one of my favorite uh, chapters and verses in the Bible because it's after the children of Israel had been overrun by Nebuchadnezzar and he took them to Babylon and they were uh, in captivity for seventy years and and they didn't even turn to God under those circumstances. Finally, Cyrus, King Cyrus, a Persian king, let them go, and they returned to Jerusalem, and uh, and Nehemiah began rebuilding the wall. You know that that story. Yes, sir. And Ezra the priest uh, and Nehemiah were rummaging around the the broken stones and and what was left of Jerusalem, and they stumbled upon the scrolls which told the people what right and wrong was, and they began to read it. And uh, Ezra set up a a big stand 
and got on it, and the people all came from everywhere and stood in front of him, and he began reading those scrolls. And the eyes of the people were opened, and they began weeping when they saw how far they had fallen and how wicked and sinful they were. And they repented and gave their hearts to the Lord. It's happened before, Mark, and it could happen again. Amen. Amen. God is still at work in our world today, isn't he? As a matter of fact, I think uh, you might have a recent miracle story in your own family to tell about. Uh, you referring to my son and his wife? Yes, Ryan? yes, I heard a little bit about that. Would you tell me the story of your uh, daughter-in-law? Well, um, my daughter-in-law, when she was a little girl uh, with the rest of her family, was taken on a on a uh, worldwide ocean trip uh, and uh, was out in the sun for a year and a half. And uh, it, you know what the sun does to the skin. Oh, yes. And so uh, we assume that caused uh, her to have cancer of the of the lip, and it was it's all across her lip. Uh, there was uh, squamous cell, which is a dangerous form of cancer, mm. had invaded her lip, and the uh, physicians, dermatologists, and plastic surgeons and others said the only thing to do is to remove her lip. Oh, my. And so they went in for the surgery, and they cut all across her lip. The The entire lower lip was removed. And then they took tissue from inside the lip and rolled it over and made another lip oh out of it. It was, a, it was a scary, a terribly frightening thing for her and for all of us. But when she came out of surgery... The doctor said there was no cancer there. It had all been um, uh, it put into a dormant state. They still had to remove the lip because it would come back. But uh, there was no more cancer, and you ought to see that lip today. It's totally normal. Really? And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It just... The Lord did a miracle, and you can't even see stitch marks or anything. And it Praise just, the Lord. Uh, well, yeah, that could have gone into her chin and, uh, and other parts of her face, but it didn't, and we're very grateful. Hallelujah. Well, that's a great story. So obviously God is still at work in our world today, and uh, with that in mind, what can Christians do to help change the moral and spiritual direction our country is headed? Support the local church. Most people find the Lord through a local church and support uh, the pastors that preach the entire Word of God and live it yourself and testify to it and go into all the world and preach the gospel as Jesus commanded, the Great uh, Commission. Uh, You know, uh, be what uh, the Scriptures tell us we ought to be. And uh, and then stay on our knees for our fellow man. Amen. How about activism? I know one of the issues close to your heart is one you share with the American Family Association, and that's the issue of life. Uh, could you could you talk about that yeah. for a moment? Well, it's another sad story. I mean, uh, 
I talked about Barna a few minutes ago. Uh, his, his results uh, tell us that still America leans toward a pro-choice point of view, even though 60 million babies have died. And it, it breaks my heart. In fact, uh, about three blocks from my house here in Colorado Springs is, is a big Planned Parenthood Center, and there are cars there uh, all the time that it's open. And I just drive by there, and I say, Lord, please get through to those poor women. Many of them are scared. Many of them don't have any money. They don't know uh, what they're going to do. And they're in there to deliver a dead baby. Mm. And uh, I just, uh, there's no way to put into words how I feel about the, uh, the the pro-life issue. I have fought for it. I fought for life um, since uh, Ryan was born. That was 1970. And, uh, and my daughter was born a little before that. And uh, I saw uh, what uh, the unborn life is all about. And I have tried to to let others know that this is a great moral issue of our time. It's the Holocaust of our time. And yes. uh, there's, I, there's so much more I could say about that. Well, yes, there's a lot more to be said about that. It just it uh, it breaks my heart to see uh, that it seems like just about every segment of society and, and even animals uh, are uh, given a higher regard than our unborn children. In fact, <laughs> a little illustration, the other day on my way to work, I noticed that uh, a dump truck, I thought it was a police car because it had so many flashing lights on it. It had, it had flashing lights everywhere they could put flashing lights, and when I drove by, it was just a dump truck, something to haul dirt. And huh. then I looked up the road a little ways, and another vehicle goes by with one flashing light. It was a school bus. That's what they used to haul our children. Oh. Seems like our priorities are not right. Well, there isn't doubt, any doubt about that, and uh, many parents are so distracted and worn out and uh, involved outside the home, they hardly know their kids. Uh, you know, I, I'm really, Mark, I'm, I apologize for sounding uh, so negative about our circumstances and about the younger gener- generation, but until... Um, we began to move back to the spiritual and moral understandings uh, with which our founding fathers um, uh, brought uh, to this wonderful nation a constitution based on uh, biblical understandings. Until we return to that, uh, we're going to have a lot of trouble. And we already do. Yes, sir, we do. And um, you're... Actually, you sounded like you were giving the mission statement of the American Family Association, where we're trying to inform, empower, and motivate people to get us back to the biblical foundation of our world. And uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of AFA, uh, our founder, Don Wildman, and you started just about the same time into ministry, didn't you? And uh, We really did. Yeah, it was, I think, 1983. And I didn't know him, but I'd heard of the good work that he does. And Focus on the Family at that time was about uh, seven years old. 
and I invited him to come and do a radio program with me, and I fell in love with the guy. He seemed like me, and we became lifelong friends, and I have appreciated him because of his courage. He didn't care. I mean, he, he'll stand up for righteousness, and if you don't like it, well, that's just too bad because he knows what he believes. And uh, he has done wonderful work. I guess he's retired now. But I wish you'd tell him how much I appreciate him and his wife. I'll let him know you said that. Um, he still comes into work most every day, um, and we see him here, and uh, he still lifts our spirits. He's still dedicated. And, of course, what he believes is the Bible. So praise the Lord for men like you and for Brother Don Wildman. Can you uh, think of a story um, that maybe you and he got into trouble together or worked together? Uh, you can tell. <laughs> I don't think we got into trouble, but we took on corporate America and and called for some boycotts that brought some of them to their knees, and they suddenly became willing to talk. Uh, so we were kind of a, a one-two punch. I was out in California, and and he was in Mississippi, but we worked together to uh, put pressure on those that were trying to make money by uh, teaching uh, evil things to families and especially to their kids. And we didn't win all the battles, but we won some of them. And praise the Lord that you did, because you've made a difference, you've slowed the decline, and and, uh, certainly been used of the Lord in that way. Well, Dr. Dobson, I, I just thank you so much for your time today, for your wisdom and insight. And uh, once again, we need to uh, put our trust in God and get back to biblical values uh, for the sake of our children and of our nation. Mark, it's good to connect with you again. Uh, Keep up the good work and uh, do give my regards to the AFA family. Um, I was there to do some radio work with you all. I don't know if I saw you when I was there, uh, but uh, I believe in your ministry and what you're doing it's a pleasure to cooperate with you. Thanks for listening to this In God We Trust radio special featuring Dr. James Dobson and your host, Mark Ose. This summer, the American Family Association encourages you to embrace and celebrate the national motto because it's the perfect expression of hope for our nation. To help you proclaim that message of hope, we have some special resources available. Consider purchasing a special In God We Trust poster. It's designed to be framed and placed in homes, businesses, and schools, and everywhere you want to proclaim our national motto. We also have attractive In God We Trust wristbands that you can wear and share this summer. To get the poster, wristband, or any of the other resources in the store, visit afastore.net. You can listen to this program again by visiting our podcast page at afr.net.